Are you ready to witness greatness? NFL fans, welcome to the largest tailgate party in the nation. Let's go! Different day, same recipe. Fox Sports Radio's Countdown to Kickoff. Presented by BetMGM. The king of sportsbooks. We're setting you up with the information you need to watch your team win. Victory is the end game. We're here to break it all down. Let's go, let's go. This is... Fox Sports Radio's Countdown to Kickoff. Presented by BetMGM. Now, we're live from your tailgate. Here's Brian No. Ah, welcome in. The Countdown to Kickoff presented by BetMGM Podcast. We'll have Jared Smith from BigTwice.com talking to college ball. Maybe a little NFL as well. Also, Bill Krakenberger from CrackWins.com, sports handicapper. He'll be talking some NFL ball. New users, download the BetMGM app today and use code COUNTDOWN for a special offer. That's code COUNTDOWN in the BetMGM app. I'm Brian Note. Let's welcome in Jared Smith here, and let's whet our appetites here with some college football to start off here. We've got Air Force and Baylor on Thursday evening. The Armed Forces Bowl. There is major movement on Air Force here as uh, the points read right now. You've got Baylor uh, minus three and a half at BetMGM. Baylor is favored, but that line has moved steadily throughout the week. Some love for the Air Force Falcons over here, Jared Smith. Where do you uh, lie on this one? Yes, so it went from seven to now three and a half. We're, we're taping this on a Thursday. If, if, if you catch this before Thursday and it gets down to three, or Thursday night, I should say, and it gets down to three, I mean, that step in. So I, I don't think it'll get to three. I, I think the, the reason for the move, it, it's it, – fruit of bowl season. I've talked about this a gajillion times. Every you know person that covers the gambling space in college football has talked about this. How motivated is Baylor for a bowl game against Air Force, a military bowl game against Air Force, when last year they were playing in the Sugar Bowl and they had very high expectations for this season? I, I, I don't know the answer to that question. I think the motivation factor, it's really, really hard to get in. Like, we can get like hints and context clues sometimes and maybe it's the the opt-outs or it's the coaching changes that kind of give you a glimpse behind the curtain but I really you really don't know how up for this game Baylor is because we can't get inside the minds of every single one of the players I will say this if Baylor is up for this game they have a massive edge in the trenches and I expect them to dominate if they care now the weather will play a factor here brutally cold in Fort Worth Texas today wind chills in the teens and I don't really think that that helps Baylor because they do like to throw it a little bit. But they're also a very good rushing offense. They've got a freshman running back um, who had a really good season, but he kind of tailed off down the stretch. He's had a month off. Dave Aranda, defensive mind, fired his defensive coordinator. So he's had a few weeks, I think, to kind of figure things out and prepare for this triple option. I think he's one of the most gifted minds, uh, defensive minds in football. So if he is, again, up for this game as the rest of Baylor, I I do think the Bears at three and a half, you're getting kind of a buy low spot for them. But Obviously, low-hanging fruit. How can you fade a military team uh, in a military bowl? And, and that's why I think we're seeing a lot of love for Air Force here. Nothing worse than betting on a team and you learn very quickly in the bowl season, like, they just don't care about this game. <laughs> and you're like, yeah. oh, no, I'm on the team that doesn't care at all. It's a lonely place to be. Yeah. Let's shift to the Gasparilla Bowl. huh? Let's look at it Friday. We've got Wake Forest at Missouri. And Wake Forest is favored by two points in this one. What do you think about the slow mesh and Sam Hartman going up against a Tigers defense that, hey, 
They had a couple of games here. They hung with Georgia. They gave Georgia everything they could handle. What do you see in Wake v. Missouri? Yeah, a lot of opt-outs for Mizzou, including their defensive coordinator who opted out to a new job at UNLV. Some defensive starters, the leading wide receiver, the, the left tackle. But despite all of that, we still saw Missouri go through the key number of three, and, and it, it reached one, and now we're seeing some buyback on Wake Forest. It, it's really about Sam Hartman here, and you're right, the slow mesh offense, which was kind of slow and not as meshy as, as what we've seen in prior years. A lot of turnovers for this Wake team. They played a ridiculously soft schedule. And you really saw that soft schedule come to fruition, I think, in the ACC championship game when Clemson just waxed North Carolina. North Carolina was that Wake Forest. like They were like you know the, the, the varsity version of Wake Forest because they beat Wake earlier in the year. But they're kind of the same style. They play a very fast, up-tempo offense, unique style with Drake May, not quite as slow meshy. But you just saw that the ACC, when they manage up in, in class, and Clemson is, you know, I know they didn't have the class of Clemson year, but they're still defensively, they're, they're, they're still the class of the ACC. When, when a team like UNC, and I put Wake in that same category, manage up, it, it really, you, you see the talent gap there. And I think Missouri's got a lot of it. And, you know, the Georgia game is evident. They, they played some tough games throughout the course of the season. And they're a very talented team. I think Eli Drinkowicz is a good coach. He's on the up and up. This is, I think, a spot for Missouri where, again, if you can get three, I, I, I kind of I lean towards the Tigers here because they're a better defensive team, and we'll see how focused Sam Hartman is. I heard he got offers from almost every you know, major school that needs a quarterback in this uh, transfer window here, but I, he's going to stay at Wake. So we'll see how, how focused he is for this game, maybe focused a lot towards next season. But I, I kind of lean Mizzou here, especially if you can get the full three. Uh, one more bowl game. I mean, we got bowls left and right here, but one we're going to hit on, MTSU and San Diego State. You've got your eye on this one. San Diego State favored by six and a half in the Hawaii Bowl. The first item of business here, is it MTSU or is it just Middle Tennessee? I mean, that's the, the million-dollar question Yeah, right we, there. we discussed this last week. I don't know. I mean, Middle 10, it kind of <laughs> rolls off the tongue. But MTSU, I'm a big acronym guy. I like a good. Everyone loves a good acronym, yeah. right? You love the initials. You're all about it. I know that. Yeah, all about it. Why not? I JLS would go MTSU. MTSU. I think. Yeah, I, <laughs> I think MTSU works better for like a hashtag or a bumper sticker or any of that. But getting into the actual nuts and bolts of the game, you're on the uh, the Aztecs over here, huh? Yeah, it's going to make our pal Rich O uh, real happy. We'll be doing this game. Uh, we'll be doing the, our show Saturday, and then he'll be doing the game uh, from Hawaii. So we'll see what uh, bunker they've got him. And hopefully he has, like, a beach palm tree backdrop when we do the show. We put it on Zoom and stuff. So um, probably it'll just be, like, the random painting in the hotel room. But I hope he's in a tropical climate for this one. Not a ton of opt-outs on either side. Why would you opt out before going to Hawaii for a bowl game, right? Like, I wouldn't opt out before the game. I would wait till afterwards. Um, and San Diego State's just the more talented team. I, I don't hold Conference USA in very high regard. And I, I know it wasn't your classic season for the Mountain West, but it's still a very good conference. They had a lot of good teams on their schedule, came close at Fresno State, nice wins to close the season, covering the number against New Mexico, against San Jose State, you know, a good win over Toledo. 
um, you know, in, in the non-conference. They played Utah. They played Arizona. So I, I, I do think the San Diego State team with Jalen Maiden at quarterback, you have to make the adjustment from their early season numbers when their offense was really struggling to now later in the year where they've got this just rejuvenated offense under Maiden. Of course, he, he you know, fired the offensive coordinator, and, and, and they swapped sides, or, you know, swapped positions. He was a former cornerback. Now he's arguably one of the more uh, up-and-coming, promising young quarterbacks in college football, at least in the Mountain West Conference. So I, I, I do think this, there's a little vibe with the San Diego State team that I like. On the other side, Middle's not a very talented team. And I, I think motivationally speaking, they're going to be up for this game. I, I think both teams will be up for this game. But I'm, I'm a little bit concerned with Middle's overall talent level. Because, um, again, Conference USA to me isn't, uh, isn't a very strong one. And, and their offense has really struggled this year, especially running the football outside the top 100 in EPA per play. And San Diego State's got a really top-notch defense. So I, I think I'm willing to lay it with the Aztecs um, in Hawaii. Looking to lay it. Okay. Now we, uh, we have a little bit of time. We can dip our big toe into the NFL waters where uh, on Christmas Day – uh, do I? Have, I'm checking my notes right. You are hell bent on losing money with the Green Bay Packers. Is that, do I have that right, or did I write that down? You wrong? do. We're gonna have to make some kind of wager, side wager, because I'll be honest. I think the uh, you know the 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 champion of our rapid fire picks. I, I think that one's kind of a kind of a done deal, unless you make an absurd comeback over these last few weeks here. So we'll have to make a side wager on the Dolphins Packers game. There's a lot to this game. And I think Aaron Rodgers is finally starting to feel comfortable with this new group of receivers because over the last, I think it's eight weeks, since week 10, so over the last six weeks basically, the Packers offense is third in efficiency. And not a lot of people are talking about that because I, I think overall the narrative on Green Bay is, oh, they're down, they're not going to miss the playoffs, Aaron Rodgers is hurt, and you know he, he doesn't like any of his receivers and all that stuff we're hearing, all that noise we're hearing from – the Green Bay uh, media about what's going on behind the scenes, but quietly Green Bay's put together a few good weeks here, and they still have Aaron Rodgers, and I, I don't think that is is uh, something you can completely count out until the final nail in the coffin is hammered in, and it's not yet because the NFC is wide open now. On the Dolphins side, I give them a lot of credit. They go up to Buffalo, tough spot, short week, back to back weeks in California, then they go up to snowy Buffalo, and they played a game. They were they. They played well enough to win that game. And Buffalo and Josh Allen just made, made the last play to win it. And, and I think that's, that's what scares me because I do think right now the Packers offense is in a position that can also put a lot of pressure on what's a very banged up and overall underperforming Dolphins defense. So it, we'll see what the fronts look like. Bakhtiari and Jenkins still banged up on the left side of the Packers O-line. I like what I've seen from Jalen Phillips and Chubb. Chubb, not as much. Phillips has been a stud. You know, if they can create some pressure on Aaron Rodgers and if Aaron Jones doesn't quite do his thing. But the Dolphins' defense gives up the most and has one of the worst ratings against running backs and tight ends out of the backfield. So Tunyon and Jones catching passes could be a big factor in this game. But if you're going to give me four points with Aaron Rodgers against the really bad defense on Christmas Day with the national spotlight, it's really tough to turn that down. I do like your comment before the pod started where you're looking at the over. It's the highest total of the week as of right now, 49 and a half. But I could see the over cashing in that one. I just look at the Dolphins where, and look, I am a Dolphins diehard fan, but trust me, I'm putting the uh, fan allegiance to the side. I still look at the Packers, sub-500 team. Dolphins were on the road for three straight games. And I think this is a decent spot after the Packers – 
got by against the Baker Mayfield-led Rams in a nationally televised game on Monday night, I think it's a good spot to fade them right now because they haven't been world beaters. And you'll see this sometimes from teams that are sub-500. You get a little taste of success. And I'm not saying you're falling victim to this, Jared. Trust me, I'm not. But you'll see a little taste of success for a team that you had high expectations for that's a complete dud this year like the Packers. And it just takes a little bit of like, oh, hey, did you see him beat the Rams? I'm on the Packers right now. You know, there's a little bit of that element. And so I think there's some value in fading a team that we had high expectations for that fell flat but has had some recent success. Sometimes it swings the other way is how I see it. I don't disagree. I, I, again, I think there's definitely a case to be made for Miami in this game. And I think the biggest case to make is their offensive line. They're getting healthier, and none of the members of the offensive line allowed more than two pressures against the very good Bills front last week. Tyron Armstead, huge. Seven games this year allowing one or nil pressures. And he's back, and he's healthy, and it's an extra day of rest because the Dolphins played Saturday. Now they play Sunday, and the Packers played Monday. And now, of course, really it's a two-day swing um, for this game rest-wise. It. I hope Miami wins by a field goal because I've got a Dolphins <laughs> win total over at nine that I want to get home, and I was feeling great a few weeks ago, and now it's a sweat. And I've also I, – I think – I think I'm going to get to the window on the Packers, although you do make a compelling argument, sir, and I do trust your judgment very much. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. Hey, one more real fast here because we've got a lot of games – what, eight games on Christmas Eve this yeah. Saturday, and you've got the Titans circled. Is that right? Yeah, I really do like the Titans in this spot. And it's simple line analysis, right? The Titans were a one-and-a-half-point favorite eight weeks ago with Malik Willis in Houston. Mm -hmm. So if you assume one-and-a-half points for home field advantage, that would make the Titans minus three on a neutral in that game. Now the Titans are minus three at home in frigid wind conditions in front of a very favorable Nashville crowd. That line doesn't make any sense to me. And unless there is something else glaring that I am missing – I don't understand how you don't at least slightly upgrade Malik Willis after those two starts he had, not only beating the Texans in Houston, but then going on the road and taking Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs to overtime. I would give him a half a point upgrade just for those two experiences, a little bit of you know confidence being able to go on the road and win a football game and go toe-for-toe with the best quarterback in the league. And I know Malik Willis's numbers didn't pop off the page there, but listen, it's a team sport. He's the quarterback. He made all the right reads, made all the right adjustments, and they were in both of those games. Now he gets a Texans defense that is, first of all, they can't stop Derrick Henry. Four straight 200-yard games against this Houston defense. And they've had just two absolute battles back-to-back. You take the Cowboys to the gun, and then you take the Chiefs to overtime last week. How much does Houston have left in the tank? And listen, I I mean, you want to tell me Davis Mills is going to go on the road and win a football game against the Titans defense that's desperate with three straight losses coming off of a really tough game to the Chargers, and I think they rally around Willis this week. I think Henry has a good game. I think the defense plays well, and I think three is a gift value number considering that the Titans were a road favorite, same exact matchup eight weeks ago in Houston. Yeah, you know, it's the NFL's just crazy, man. It really is because the Texans are a 1-12-1 football team, and like you said, they gave the Cowboys and the Chiefs everything they could handle, everything. And those are legitimate Super Bowl contenders. 100%. And the Texans took them down to the final, you know, final minute in uh, at least against Dallas and uh, in overtime, like you said, against the Chiefs. Craziness. And the Titans, this might be a good get-back spot 
get right spot where losing four straight, but look at these teams that they lost to. Bengals are red hot. Eagles are the Eagles. The Jags have won four of six now, and the Chargers have looked a lot better the last couple of weeks, and they're getting healthier. So the step down in competition, if you will, from the four teams that they just played to the Texans, yeah, and with uh, Sir Derrick Henry going ballistic on Houston routinely, yeah, I, I see what you're thinking here with the Titans yeah. in that pick. It just it, it seems like the right spot. Everyone's kind of fading Tennessee after the Tannehill news, and I get it. I mean, I, I, you want to take Tennessee off the list of teams that can make a run in the playoffs. Totally understands, but all they need to do is basically win a football game against the Texans this week to cover this number. Um, now that it's at three. I mean, you know, I, most games land three. Maybe we push, but I, I think at three, let's just leave it at this. I am willing to bet when we do this show on Saturday morning, that line's not three anymore. I bet it's three and a half. Yeah, we'll see how it shakes out. Hey, we will preview it on Saturday, as Jared just said. Fox Sports Radio's Countdown to Kickoff, presented by BetMGM. Jeff, uh, uh, Rich Ornberger will be with us, Penn State All-American. Hey, he'll be in Hawaii, won't he? I think he'll yes, still he be will. over there. Uh, very nice. Maybe Get laid some, in Hawaii. <laughs> some Aloha uh, <laughs> bounce-back music over there. Jared Smith from PicksWise.com. I'm Brian No. So that will be 9 a.m. until noon Eastern time, right up till kickoff. We'll get you all set. Check us then. Earn a $50 bonus by signing into BetMGM and clicking on Refer a Friend to Invite a Friend. And in just a few simple steps, both you and your friend will receive a $50 bonus. BetMGM, the king of sports books. I want to welcome in Bill Krakenberger, sports handicapper from crackwins.com, joins us here. Crack, um, <laughs> let's start with this. Uh, there's a lot of weather, a lot of bad weather games in Week 16, but you have your eye potentially on a grand salami wager, which I absolutely love. Uh, why do you like, uh, and that is for anybody who doesn't know, it's just getting all of the point totals in all of the games, and there's a number. And you're thinking the over is going to hit. Why are you uh, maybe going against the grain in week yeah, 16? Yeah, it's, it's not even up yet. But normally they'll add the totals of all the games, all the current week's games, and they'll put them in a game uh, prop situation where they'll be on the different websites under game props, not player props. So look for them on game props or, or, or you know, um, I'm trying to see. Nope, there's game props. I just clicked on it. No, it's not not up yet, but it will be up though. It comes up every single week, and I just think that everyone overreacting to these totals. I think that the over will uh, be a good bet when that comes up, as long as they use the game, the current totals, add them all up, and that becomes the over under. So what I'm saying, guys, let's say there's a grand salami, which is uh, five teams, let's say. Uh, five teams, and the total's 50 in every game. Well, that means that the overrun will be 250. Will they score more than 250 collectively, cumulatively in all the games? So just to put it in more layman's terms. And I like the over because I think a lot of these games are going to be uh, – I think you get some built-in value because of the overreaction uh, to the weather totals. Of course, as we know from listening to our show, Countdown to Kickoff, I've said it many times – uh, on Sunday mornings, um, this is a situation where you, you want to make sure that the wind, that is the key, not the snow, not the cold. They can play in cold, though there's a point now it does cross over to that zero degree 
that is a barometer you can actually measure it at where it doesn't matter about the wind. You're playing to zero degrees. Those guys don't want to be out there. So it's like the ice bowl, the old ice bowl. So there is some specific situations that do apply rather than the wind and the wind gust. But I don't know if we're going to get that this particular weekend. We're talking nine, nine above. It sounds like it's nothing, but it's something. Um, it, there, there's a lot of games that have moved significantly I'm, because of the weather, and I don't know if really that is something that, that's going to play through in, in, in a cumulative way. It's probably a good way to bet. I'm going to look into that when that line comes out, and uh, it's, it should come out by Friday night. Normally it's out. They're just looking at the weather even more. They want to get a good grasp on these totals. For instance, the Philadelphia-Dallas game, not a weather-related, but that moved down from 50 and a half, 51 and a half, down to 44 and a half, 45 and a half. Now it's up to 47, 46 and a half, 47. So they want to get a good grasp on the lines before they put that total out. I am going to be looking at the over. Just add up all the games. So add up all the totals, guys. If it equals the, the number, which it should be, that's, the, that, that's usually the thing, how they measure it. Um, I would like the over in that situation. Like it. How about another exotic, if you will? This is really interesting, Crack. Jags-Jets on Thursday Night Football. We're recording this on Thursday. You're thinking because of the weather, maybe a two-point conversion in TNF. How about yeah, that? Yeah, huh? it's a cool prop that some of the sports books put up. I, I know there it's supposed to be windy. It's supposed to be windy tonight. Got up to 40-mile-an-hour gusts there, and it's supposed to rain. So uh, this totals 36 and a half now, I believe. Yeah, a couple 37 still up there, but 36 and a half, 37. And uh, I, I kind of like, you know, what, the situation where they'll actually maybe go for a two. You shouldn't be getting plus 350, 375. I actually got four to one. It's uh, over 350 or more. I think it's a good bet to take a shot at will there be a two-point conversion made. Um, you know what? I want to actually read the actual bet now to see if it's made or attempted i i think it's made though but um let me just see what what i uh bet my pending bets yes successful successful mm-hmm. two-point conversion yes plus 375 uh i bet at one sportsbook and plus four to one and another um i also am looking at uh, now that the weather came out though it may have moved so i i don't like giving out player props if um if 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 i if the, if it's not obtainable and if i got it so let's see uh, tonight's Jets-Jaguar game, Zach Wilson looking at his – yeah, I'm kind of looking at, at his uh, passing props, so I'm looking at his pass completions. Yeah, it's still a play. No, it's still a play. Wow, okay. So pass completions under 17.5 minus 30 now. Um, I laid 20, and uh, so Zach Wilson under 17.5. I think these guys are going to have a tough time throwing the ball tonight in New York. I could definitely see that being the case. How about we skip to uh, Christmas Day? Packers, Dolphins. Now, this is obviously not a weather game. Highest total of the week, 49.5. You're looking at the first half total on this yep. one, correct? What are you seeing here? I like points here. This, this is a matter of fact, as of right now, this is, if you can get the 24, and there's one, two, three, four, there's four sports books here in Vegas with a 24. That's a really strong play. I usually don't talk like that. It's a pretty strong. I think there's going to be a lot of points in that first half, Miami, Green Bay, uh, on, on Sunday morning. So, um, I, I, it's a, by the way, it's a giant game for both teams. Giant. Uh, Miami favored by four, total 49.5. Both teams need this game. So, this is going to be a, this will be a fun game, a fun game to watch in the morning. Um, 
you know, I always say that's 10 o'clock in the morning here in Vegas. Uh, kids are opening presents and stuff. Listen, honestly, if you don't, if you miss the first half of the game, you miss the first half of the game. Spend it with your friends, your family, your loved ones, especially your folks and your parents. It's not all about gambling, guys. Um, I, I don't even like how they spread this out this week. They put games Christmas Day, Christmas Eve. I don't even get it. I don't know why they put all these games on Saturday, December 24th, when they you know, usually have them all on the Sunday. And if they're playing some games on Sunday the 25th, why not play them all? So uh, anyway, lots of action for people. I love when I hear the commissioner or somebody saying that, well, uh, if you use the gambling aspect, only 2 to 3% of the people watching the games bet the games. Yeah. Okay, Mr. Commissioner. Give, give, give us a break. <laughs> sure. uh, now, Christmas Eve on Saturday, you've got Eagles-Cowboys circled over here. Now, Gardner Minshew, he'll get the start. Jalen Hurts is on the shelf with a shoulder injury. And uh, you're looking at Philly plus six in this one. Now, first thing, Crack, you go back to earlier this season when the two teams met. It's sort of like the exact opposite where it was the Cowboys. Dak Prescott was hurt. Cooper Rush was in there. Cowboys had a nice second-half comeback. They came up a little bit short. Brett Maher missed a long field goal that would have covered the spread for the Cowboys. Didn't work out. Cowboys lost by nine, but it still was a hard-fought game. What do you see in this one with Minshew for the uh, Eagles filling in for Jalen Hurts? Well, I just think that the six, and it was six here uh, this morning before we got on air at most of the sports books now a couple only a couple of them have them they're disappearing it's funny this game when they announced well they didn't announce when the word was out amongst the gambling twitter crowd um literally before Schefter and anyone tweeted it out uh that 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 Hertz wasn't going to play and he may have an injury uh by the way very key game for the Eagles too they have to win one of these to lock this whole thing up this is a big game actually for them but if the line was one one and a half and now quickly went up to six, six and a half. Now you're seeing some take back. You're seeing some people grab the six. And I, I kind of lean that way myself. I'll tell you, uh, I think Gardner Mishu is going to be a good backup. He has been before, and he always wants to play. And, you know, he, he wants to show that he could be a starter on a different team in the NFL. He's been around for years. And uh, I, I kind of lean to the points here. I think this is still going to be a good game. They may step up for their quarterback. No quarterback, none, not one in all of the NFL is worth five points, fellas, not one. So I don't care who it is, nobody should be giving, should go from one to six based on a quarterback, nobody. How about the line movement, and it's partly because of the weather, but in the Tennessee game, it just made me think of that with you saying that the Titans were favored by as much as seven earlier in the week. It's down to about three and a half right now. Probably no Ryan Tannehill. The rookie Malik Willis is expected to get the start. Do you see a three-and-a-half, four-point difference between Ryan Tannehill and Malik Willis? No way. No, I don't. And, and you know, I'll just tell you, Houston kept it close versus Kansas City last week. Actually, it was overtime, right? I'll just tell you this. That game on paper... They, they scored. They think they had 313 more yards, Kansas City, than them. But when you have 100 yards and penalties, it doesn't look good on the scoreboard a lot. So Tennessee, I mean, I'm sorry, Houston did not keep that. They kept the game close on the scoreboard, where it counts for us guys. I know that. But really, statistically, you look at that game, and they did not play Kansas City that close. Sometimes people look off that and gauge that as a parameter for the next week. And they've been playing hot. They played Dallas good, I understand. But – let me just tell you, 
you're right. Uh, if anything, I'd be leaning at uh, the favorite here, Tennessee, uh, minus the three points. There is some threes out there, minus three, minus 15. I just really, uh, you said it right, four points for the quarterback differential. I don't see it. So that's an interesting game you pointed out. How about the uh, the sucker bet of the week, Crack? So this is sometimes something that I'll do is I'm looking at these point spreads and I'm like, where's the sucker bet? What's the sucker bet to avoid? Where well, I'll go with a couple of favorites: the Chargers minus four and a half on the road against Nick Foles getting the start. Matt Ryan benched again. The Colts have been a disaster. They gave up a thirty-three point lead last week. Like. Do you feel safe with the Chargers winning by at least five? How about a team like uh, Cincinnati? Cincinnati's been rolling. They're favored by three and a half on the road against the Patriots, who crashed and burned last week with the horrible decision by Jacoby Myers. Nobody's going to be just ecstatic about betting the Patriots, but betting the, the Bengals, it could be a sucker bet. Is there any sucker bet that you see right now in Week 16? Well, it's funny you say that. Last week we talked about it in the same space, the Indianapolis game, where it looked too easy for Minnesota last week. You say, oh, my God, this looks so easy. Mm-hmm. And, and that's the way it is. It, it looked easy. And I'll tell you what. We talked about a game last week in this same space that was amazing. 33-0 comeback and, and uh, the biggest comeback in football last week. So that, that was amazing hearing that. And, and see how you stay away from that game. It looked too easy to be. And sure enough, Indianapolis, even if blowing a 33-point lead, still did cover that game. Cincinnati, New England, I don't really know if that's one of the ones. It opened up four. It's down to three. Um, maybe it looks a little easier for Cincinnati. Uh, New England Definitely needs the game more, that's for sure. Um, It's a game that I'm staying away from there. Um, What was the other game you talked to? Did you say Indiana? What was the other game? Yeah, the Chargers-Colts. Oh, that's the Monday night game. So the Chargers-Colts game. You know, every single sharp guy I know is – is touting the Chargers now as being one of the best teams, you know, the second half of the season teams. I'm sorry. I just don't I, – I, I don't trust them. I just don't trust them. Um, just for everyone to know, if you're going to look at this game, it opened up three. It's now four and a half. There's a first half line of three. Uh, if you're going to bet the Indianapolis Colts in this game, I would just bet them in the first half. <laughs> They're yeah. a first-half team. Let's call them a first-half team. But I'm, uh, I'm also have really no opinion on that Monday night game. Um, everyone, like I said, is Chargers now, the sharp guys, thinking they're one of the better teams in the second half. And uh, the second team, they, they think, and, and this is not just for me, it's from a couple different really sharp groups, San Fran, even with the backup there, even with Jimmy G out. So they, they, they like San Fran as going into the playoffs on a high here. But um, – you know, listen, as we could say every week, and I always point it out, guys, this is the NFL. You see what happens. Every week you start shaking your head and say, how can this have happened? How can that have happened? I watched the Giants game the other night, Giants and, and, and Washington, the end of that game. I shake my head at the officiating, Ooh. how bad it's gotten. This is 2022. Let's call it 23. We're supposed to be in an era here of – you're going to get every play right. You have New York. You got the sideline cameras. You got the sideline reviews. I don't know what's happened. Washington, even though I didn't bet the game, Washington really got screwed at the end of that game the other night. So it's uh, this is where we're betting our hard-earned money, guys, on, on these zebras. That was just obvious pass interference that wasn't called yep. at the end of that game. I, I want to get your opinion on this, Crack, because the Raiders – 
and the Steelers. This is the Saturday night game on Christmas Eve, and the Steelers are favored by two and a half. I'm just curious if you ever take into account nostalgia, anything beyond the numbers, right? Like, I know you do your analysis and you put stock in that, but with Franco Harris dying and with, uh, first off, that's what matters most is his loved ones, his friends. That's obviously what matters. But we're talking gambling here. And as it completely secondarily relates to the game, there's going to be a lot of emotion in the building on Saturday night as the Steelers host the Raiders they planned on retiring Franco Harris's jersey at halftime. Like, imagine how emotional it's going to be that night. Do you take that into account at all when you're trying to handicap that game? Yeah, that was such a bad on our group chat. I text that out. How terrible that was! They were just having the 50-year reunion, immaculate reception, all that retiring his number. And you want to know something? He was a great guy. I met yeah. Franco Harris uh, at, at, at um, a couple different times in life. But the one that stands out to me is the first Jimmy V Classic in Cary, North Carolina. I was there with my brother, with Dick Vitale. He was so nice to us. And who also was nice? My God. Spent so much time with Franco talking to him. He, what a nice guy. What a nice man. My, my condolences to him and his family. Jesus, I pray for him. Um, I pray for his family. Listen, this is going to be a very emotional game. This is going to be a very interesting situation on Christmas Eve. And, uh, you know, I, you, you pick something that I normally don't <laughs> – emotion and stuff like that mm-hmm. you don't really think about being part of the game there's you know uh you think it's priced in already I, I may look at the money line here there's a couple minus 130s out there 135 i may look at the money line here on the pittsburgh game i think that uh people will lean towards pittsburgh in this game based on that it's big news by the way so that's that's a big thing it, may, it might be a good angle just to lay the money line now guys and then come back and maybe take the three and i'll tell you i usually don't like middling but when you have a low total like that 38 and a half 38 it may be a good middle opportunity in that game to to, to lay the dollar 30 so um and, and come back with the with the plus uh whatever you know whatever, whatever you can get on the other side so um uh, you you picked out a very unique situation. I'm not a trend guy. I'm yeah. not a you know. I hate trends over years and stuff and different things like that. But this is uh you know. There's still something to me too. By the way, so all the analytical models, the math programs, uh, analytics, you, you, all these different things are supposed to are part of my game. I still have that New Yorker in me. I'm still a little superstitious about things. Yeah. I can't help it. It's just it is what it is. It's always going to be that way for me. So you you brought up an interesting thing uh, about uh, this this game, and I'll be rooting for Pittsburgh in this game, if not financially, emotionally. Yeah, no, me too. Hey, be sure to check out the new look and features in the BetMGM app. It's fast and easy access to the sports you love, whether it's live betting, the daily Lions boost, or the cash out feature. New users can use the code COUNTDOWN for a special offer. All right, make sure you check us out. We'll be off this Sunday due to Christmas Day, but we will be back, what will that be, week 17, the following week, on Sunday, Jeff Schwartz, eight-year NFL veteran, Bill Krakenberger from crackwins.com, sports handicapper, myself, Brian No, will be with you next Sunday in week 17, after the holidays from 10 a.m. to 1 p.m. Eastern time, getting you all set for kickoff. In the meantime, enjoy Christmas Eve, Christmas Day, all the family stuff, all the football, and we'll catch you next week.